Hi, my name is Janice Goldberg, and I'm the director and co-writer, along with Sue Bigelow, of Rose Colored Glass. I'd like to thank, first off, Ripple Effect artists and Jesse Fahey and Jessica Jennings for graciously producing this radio drama, since they were going to do a full-fledged production in June, but well, we know how that went. I also want to acknowledge our actors. Laura Gardner, who plays Rose, Joe Twiss, who plays Lady, and Story Musa, who plays Peg. Also to be acknowledged are Carl Custer, our sound engineer, Peter Yanka, who wrote our original music, and Gordon Cooper, who's the voice of the BBC. Also, we'd like to thank Bob Johnson and WPKN for hosting this whole shebang. If you didn't catch last month's episode of Act One, and even if you did, let me bring you up to date. It's 1938. In a world that is on the brink of war, about to be divided, one of the only things that divides two widows is an alley on the south side of Chicago. Rose Fleischmann, an Austrian Jewish immigrant, is the owner of Fleischmann's Delicatessen. Right across the alley from her kitchen door is Lady O'Reilly's pub and its kitchen door. Lady is an Irish Catholic immigrant. Their husbands are long gone and they have taken over and succeeded with their businesses. They also haven't spoken for years. Enter Peg O'Reilly, the 13-year-old granddaughter who Lady is raising. Peg learns that the reason for these years of silence is because there is a lot of water under the bridge, and that this water has a lot to do with actions, hatred, and prejudice of the men in their lives, men who have been dead a very long time. Peg's mission, therefore, is that these two women should become friends. The story begins with a letter from Rose's sister in Vienna, a disturbing letter that foretells the coming events in Europe. Peg has found that the Postal Service, her ability to mix up mail and decide whose mail goes where, at least gets the women to initially speak. It is finally a letter from Rose's sister that arrives on Lady's Bread Baking Day that Peg gets them to sit together in the same room. It's a cryptically written letter from Rose's sister containing a small partial photo of her nephew, and it sparks Lady's interest. When Rose begins to understand the reality of what is going on in Europe from the back pages of the newspaper, and that her family must be found, she goes to Lady ostensibly to borrow sugar. And with Lady's advice begins a search for her family, centered on the one she knows is still alive, Abraham, her nephew. Knowing that there must be someone in this country who can help them, Rose sends Peg to Rabbi Schulman's for a phone book. She returns with a shortwave radio to listen to the real news and odd bits of poetry that are broadcast over the BBC at night. After much listening, one of the phrases matches something in Rose's sister's letter. They think they now know the boy is in England. The two women begin a frantic search for the boy by writing letters to agencies and newspapers, by calling ocean liners, filling out visa paperwork, talking to government officials, all in what eventually seems a fruitless effort to get a young boy admittance to a country that has severely tightened its immigration laws. Act One ends at Christmas, 1938, with Rose frustrated at all the bureaucratic roadblocks and Lady attempting to offer comfort, a hug, which Rose refuses, saying, don't touch me. And now, act two of Rose Colored Glass. Winter 1939 was no picnic. 
But there was a bit of thaw in the alley. It's cold. Yes, yes. Oh, very. Yes, very. Would you like to? Would you like to? I am a... Uh, uh, come for tea? Come for coffee. I, I have bread to get rising. Then I'll come for tea. Pathway between the two kitchens was at least open, though not overly traveled. And the alley and the world seemed to be getting smaller. Hitler's troops were marching across Europe, and not two steps ahead of him, the people of Europe were running. The few arms that were open to them were quickly becoming within arm's reach of the Nazis. I'll just put that bread to rising. You'd make a terrible Jew. With a name like O'Reilly, I should think so. No, really, Nana. While you were waiting for the bread to rise, the Egyptians would have come in and beat you to a pulp. Aren't you late for school? Well, it's true. It's called Passover. Well, nothing had yeast in it, so they didn't have to wait around. Not... That I'm saying, you just sit around while it's rising, but... It get. Okay, I'm going, but think about it. What part of that are you telling her, and what part is she making up? It's a fine line. And you wonder why you are misunderstood. Am I? You've done a nice job raising her. I'm afraid she's actually raised herself. <sighs> What'd you forget? Mail's early. I thought it'd be my mail order, but... At eight in the morning? You are not going to be late for school because of the mail. Mail order? You let her order lingerie? Flannel nightgown. Ah, good choice. See? Raises herself. So, no mail order? Nope, it's all for Mrs. Fleischman. Uh, two from London, uh, no return address, and one from the Children's Aid Fund. Uh, give me. See? A little help from the Catholic ladies didn't kill you. I think I said thank you for the address several times. I never get tired of hearing it. Open the mystery one first. But, uh, Peg, you open it. It's not in English. Sabina, my lieber Tante Rose. In English, English. My dearest Aunt Rose, I am in England now living with a lady and a son. They are a nice family and very kind and generous to me. They have a wonderfully plump Welsh maid who wanted to wash everything the minute I got here. We traveled from Vienna at night with some very kind people called Quakers. We stayed at a different house each day. I had to stay at one house for a week because I tripped and broke my ankle while we were traveling one night. The doctor who said it said he did the best he could, considering. I don't know what that meant, but it doesn't hurt as much now. So when the maid went to wash my shirt, she found a rip in the collar, and when she went to fix it, she found sewn inside two pieces of a photograph with your address and a note from Mama telling me to send it to you. So I am. Where's the rest of the picture? Rose? Go get my music box, Peg. I am hoping to come to America someday soon, but I am told there is more to it than just getting on a boat. Is that true? Look at the photograph. It is my family. 
my sister and her husband in front of their home. Here. And Abraham, the building, they, they live on the second floor. But he is holding a, a suitcase. And my sister, she is holding her silver candlesticks. That seems odd. They are leaving. Perhaps it is just for that holiday. No. When you leave a place forever, you take what is most precious to you. You, you will take your Bible. And some things of Patty's. My sister, her candlesticks. I have not heard from Mama or Papa since I left Vienna. I try not to think of the terrible things happening at home. Peg, how easily we say that. I was told to tell you to write to me at the American embassy for my own protection. There is a lot I do not understand. Please write to me soon, your loving nephew, Abraham. Do you think he's in London? Rose, this is so exciting. Rose? I am no closer than I was 10 minutes ago. You know he is alive, well and being taken care of. That's a hell of a lot closer than... When you get to school, certain things are more important. Yes, and your mail order did not come, so schools. No, I mean this. You can catch up after school. Sure, after it's been all talked out. I will make latkes after school and we will write Abraham. But it's not Hanukkah. We will make an exception. No, we will not be making an exception. In this house, young lady, you will not be rewarded for being late for school or not doing homework or sneaking out on chores. Nana! No, I am serious. Now, off to school or you will never see another... Latka. Latka, for as long as you live. Oh, okay. You are too hard on her. Someone has to be. Latkas? Like Irish potatoes, only shredded with onion and... Oh, more like hash browns. Only you boil them? We do not boil everything. Well, that's it. He's safe. No tears of joy, nothing? Safe? I don't know that. England is not so very far from Germany. If a little Austrian boy can get there, don't you think the Nazis can too? Suppose their airplanes come with bombs. Then how safe will he be? Oh, Rose, that'll never happen. Suppose they don't like him and send him back to an empty apartment. You shouldn't get so carried away with your thinking. Here, open my head. You will see my mind is at ease. The tears of joy will come when he is sitting in my kitchen eating latkes. And in your heart? I no longer have one. I highly doubt that. At night, it is the worst. When I lie in bed and there's nothing to do but think, what if she is alive? What if she is not? What about Papa? Over and over. And now I see these candlesticks and I know that sleep will not come to me again for a very long time. The other letter, please. I'm sorry. I'm sure you are. The other letter. Fine. Dear Mrs. Fleischmann, we received your letter of November 1938. That was over three months ago. Postal work. It's a government job. Oh, keep reading. Several ships filled with European children have arrived within the last year. Thank you for your full description. 
it is hard without a photo. Finding the boy is just the beginning. Getting him permission to live in the United States is another matter. I have forwarded your information to the American consulate in London. I suggest that you contact them for help. The best of luck to you. Sincerely, Miss Rozovsky, German Jewish Children's Aid. Hmm. Now all we need is that highly elusive visa and a boat. Where are you going? I have to think. I'm glad you found him. We, we found him. Hmm? But getting him... We will work very hard at that. The latkes were all but forgotten. The next three weeks, Mrs. Fleischman spent at that typewriter, and when not pounding away at the keys, she was on the phone to the immigration department, the embassy in Washington, the joint, all in search of that highly elusive visa. Immigration department! How could such a small boy require such a mound of paperwork? And my grandmother needed bread to death, trying to figure out how to get a boat. I never thought I would see the day they were both working on the same project, let alone together. They worked in their own ways. My grandmother was best with things she could touch and knead and pound and stir and chop and loaf. Mrs. Fleischman, on the other hand, was better with things you couldn't touch, ideas, Schemes, plans. Fine, if visitor visas are the easiest to obtain, what's to say that life is not just one big vacation? Ah, see section 5B. What constitutes a vacation? Mr. Brown, what's to stop you from picking up one small boy after you've unloaded your ship? You've got to come back here anyway. I, I should talk to who? Let me write that down. I see. Yes, yes, I see. They both had a long ways to go. I received a wire back today. And what does it say? I don't know. It's from a passenger line. I've been looking for a boat for Abraham. Technically passage on an ocean liner. I should hope so. I'm not ready to put him in the bottom of a turnip boat. Good, because I've tried that. It's against some sort of law. You're kidding. <laughs> I take it you're not. It's not that simple, you know. I'm well aware. However, when it does become that simple, I thought it would save time to at least know what we can't do. Thank you. No, really. Southampton lines leave first every month. Stop. Arrive New York City, 10 days. Stop. Passage paid in advance. Stop. All papers in order before departure. Stop. Immigration visa required. Stop. Good. I have to start at the beginning. Visa application. Pages 1 to 10. The who, what, where, when. You know 10 pages about this little boy? And his family. And, and what I didn't have an answer for, I made up. Oh, you shouldn't make things up on government forms. Incomplete applications will be returned. Uh, what did you make up? I told them my sister was dead. That's a lie. Is it? She sent him away for a reason. At best to this government, she is no more than a statistic, a number. I will not let that stand in the way of my getting Abraham. And besides, it is a small lie. And we aren't even sure it is a lie. What else? 
13 pages guaranteeing he would not be a public charge. The sausage documents. Yeah. Including everything about the deli but my gefilte fish recipe. Letters from the Hebrew Sheltering and Immigration Aid Society guaranteeing funds should the bottom drop out of gefilte fish. A letter from my bank to whom it may concern. This is to guarantee that the mortgage on Mrs. Herschel Fleischmann's property at 31172nd has been paid in full as of... Paid off? For years. The price was right. So I remember. And that in savings and assets, when that... <laughs> Who needs to know? Oh, and a letter from you saying he has an after-school job as the pub. He's working for me. No needs a help. It was a last-minute idea. He would like to do my own hiring. What if he's not suited? What sort of experience? It's only on paper. Well, I'll remember that when he's sweeping my floors. You could have asked. You were busy. You could have asked. I'm sorry. Next time I'll ask. And what if he doesn't work out? I'm to let my neighbor's nephew go? I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sure it will work out. You really should have asked. I should have asked. Yes. I'm sorry, but paperwork takes time, and every day we do not have a visa. Someone else is getting one, filling the quota of who can come here, and if while we are waiting, they should fill the quota. Well, you would have to wait another year? Yes, and again, take the chance of being one of the few. No visitor's visa? No. No. I would have been better off if my sister had sent him to Brazil or Cuba. From there, they will take immigrants. So? Why can't you reroute him? What? Put him on a boat to Cuba? That perhaps stops in New York on the way back? No. Ideas like that are too far-fetched. Are they? Don't. Just don't. Don't what? Get me thinking in that direction. You apply for a visa through Cuba, and he comes to the United States. And while I am redoing all this paperwork, what? He so much as steps off the boat, who knows? He could have to stay six months. Besides, I don't know anyone in Cuba. They too would need guarantees that he will be taken care of there. He can hardly live in a hut and work part-time in a cigar factory. Hut? Cigar factory? Where do you get your vision of the world? National Geographic. <laughs> and that is a crazy idea. We're not getting anywhere with the same ideas. It is a crazy idea. Even for you. Bit far-fetched, but wasn't Cuba sort of the back door to America? And who said you always had to enter through the front door? And somehow it was the thought of having him just that much closer that warranted giving any time at all to this far-fetched idea. So for the next few days, they went on about their silent business. And every so often, they would look up from stuffing sausage or making soup to stare blankly into space, frown, then madly return to the typewriter or a notepad and write with the frantic speed of someone whose life depended upon those thoughts in the right order, all working towards a solution that became vaguer the more they attempted to make it clearer. But they kept at it until one of them just couldn't stand it anymore. Could I have the number for the Cuban embassy in Washington, D.C., please? And so they waited in a world where everything seemed balanced on a very tight rope. Hitler's troops had taken Prague, 
and the Nazi reign of terror was spreading like wildfire across Czechoslovakia. Ignoring the agreement made at the Munich conference, Hitler broke his promise to England not to invade Czechoslovakia. The fact that no country stood up to stop the spreading terror gave Hitler permission to continue. Hitler declared that history would remember him as the greatest German of all time. Baruch and life here in the alley continued. It was headed towards spring, 1939. Mrs. Fleischmann still lit her candles every Friday night. But one Sabbath... What are you doing? Clipping things of interest. The daily reports of the Intergovernmental Committee? What else? Letters to the editor urging United States involvement in the plight of European Jews. Ah, and this one, which is signed by the owner of a local pub and grill. I asked. Very well written. Almost articulate. I asked. True. And it is a far sight easier than paying a boy from now till he graduates Harvard. How often is that going to come up? Oh, consider the subject brought. Until such time when I deem it necessary to... Why are you doing this anyway? Has Mrs. Roosevelt answered your letter? What do you think? Yes, yes, American apathy. Give the soapbox the day off. I thought. Perhaps a well-written, sympathetic letter from an Irish-American... Complete with a press packet? Yes, yeah, I thought it might help. And what will it say? Dear Mrs. Roosevelt... And? And you should trust me. At least I asked. Told. Is there a difference with you? Hmm? What do you hear from Cuba? They would just as soon be not involved. Who did you talk to? An assistant to the ambassador, a Mr. Rodriguez. I could hardly understand him. You should have let me talk to him. What, with the daily flow of Latins coming into the pub? Yeah, that's not what I meant. What did he tell you? That immigration matters, especially those requesting special visas or permits, would have to be handled through proper government channels. So? So I called Rabbi Schulman. Oh, Rabbi Shulman is a proper government general. Thinking perhaps a rabbi might have a little more clout. And he went round and round with him to find out that if Abraham stayed on the boat, he still needs an American visa. If he got off the boat, he could have a visa from Cuba after 12 months in the country. Close, but no cigar. That's not funny. Dear Mrs. Roosevelt. That's not going to help. I know that, you know that. No, Rose, I don't know that. Well, maybe it's time you did. Face it, we are not going to get the boy. You're giving up all of a sudden? You have given up on your son and you are still living. Living, yes. Quitting, no. I don't see you trying to get him home. Well, he could come home if he wanted to. Exactly, he has a choice. Rose, stop right there. You're crossing a line. Your son won't come home, and you've given up trying to get him here. Wait a minute. 
just because I don't ramble on and on about it and make it the focus of my whole existence doesn't mean I'm not trying. You haven't seen me march into your kitchen and yell about quitting anything, have you? Well, maybe it's time you did. What we are doing here is useless. You think writing a letter to Mrs. Roosevelt is going to help us get Abraham? How absurd is that? Or do you need a million or so government officials to tell us, to tell you how stupid you are, how insane, how totally ridiculous this whole idea is, how... How desperate you are? Yes, and I refuse to live life as some desperate old... So, you give up? Yes, and so should you. No, you do not walk in here and dictate to me. Why not? What? You think someone is sitting in the White House reading these crazy letters or the postmark from a run-down pub on the south side of Chicago? What world do you live in? Face it, you're a poor immigrant and nobody here in America wants any more of you. No one cares about you or me or Abraham or Sabina or Papa. No one. Give it up. No. Are you blind? Don't you get it? Nobody is saving anybody. Yes, they are. Who? Me. I'm saving me. What? Is that what this is all about? This whole charade of friendship, soothing your soul for your son or your husband? Well, you can relax. God won't be disappointed in you anymore. Oh, don't talk to me about God. At least I believe in knowing when I need help and asking for it, which is more than I can say about you. I'll take it when it comes without strings attached. Oh, without strings. Ah. Who the hell do you have to be to help Rose Fleischman, the King of England? Oh. And for your information, God and I are just fine. Charade, huh? Like, we can't do better than that. We could do better than that. And there was no way we were going to give up. And I was already two steps ahead of them. Abraham will have to look American, learn to do American things. Well, he will have to learn how to play baseball. Well, stickball at first. Well, I could teach him right here in the alley. He would stand down there and I would pitch from here because there's less chance of breaking a window from here. Oh, and that's another thing I'll have to warn him about is how mad everyone gets when you break a window. Well, then I'd pitch real slow, and on the first try, no, 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 on the third try, I throw a perfect pitch, and you hit the ball, and it goes way over my head and out of the alley into the street and right smack into the side of Clancy's milk truck, and I'd laugh and yell, sorry, Mr. Clancy, he's not from around here, and he'd yell back the same thing he's been yelling since I was born. Well, 25 years ago, something like that would have killed my horse. And then we'd laugh. Well, I might have to teach the American sense of humor, too. Well, no one said this could happen overnight. And I teach you how to pitch, but for that, we'd have to go to the park. I got a lot of power batting. My accuracy needs a little, well, let's just say there are less windows in the park. Oh, and I'll have a whole lot of explaining to do about the concept of the blue plate special. It's not real clear to me either. And I'll show you how to get places. In Chicago, there are shortcuts to everything but school and the library. And then there is the food. Well, that is a whole day's lesson. 
Maybe we could figure out why watermelon only appears in the summer. <laughs> I wish you'd hurry up and get here. And what are you doing out here? Dreaming the afternoon away? Maybe. I suppose someone has to. It wasn't as if she'd given up. But how often can you be told no? The weeks drug on slowly, and she still continued the struggle, only quietly. My grandmother, on the other hand, had decided to place the whole thing in God's hands. A Catholic God, however, and prayed for that one isolated incident that would somehow turn this whole thing around. And she, and we, tried not to be affected by our friend's new distance, no matter how lonely it was beginning to get. Oh, I, uh, fresh air. Mm. What's that smell? It's Tuesday. Ah, blue plate borscht. Yeah. Good choice. How are things with you? The same. I've heard nothing from abroad. I have been meaning to drop in. So have I. There have just been things on my mind. Oh, your telephone is ringing. I have missed our morning teas. Now, aren't you going to pick that up? Rose, it's your phone in there, jiggling off the hook. Oh, all right. Yes, yes, this is Mrs. Fleischman. This is who? Yes, yes, just a moment, please. Come in here quickly! What? It is the secretary to Mrs. Roosevelt. A man. A Mr. Coleman. I had better men typing. Shush! Shush! Uh, yes, 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 Mr. Coleman. She is my neighbor. Yes, my, my, my nephew, Abraham, but, but he is only one of many. We have tried all conventional avenues. Yes, yes, I'll hold. You actually wrote the letter? Letters? How many? Oh, a few dozen, maybe. What did you write about? The same things that you wrote about, only with more heart. More heart? <laughs> that sentimental side you stare away from all the time. I can be just as... All right. All right, maybe not. What are you waiting for? To talk to Mrs. Roosevelt. Oh, you're going to talk to Eleanor Roosevelt? Oh, oh. I had better sit down. Oh, I need to pull myself together. Oh, don't worry. I told her all about you. Wonderful. Now I have to pull myself together in the image you created of me. Oh, yes, yes, speaking. <gasps> Hello, Mrs. Roosevelt. It's Mrs. Roosevelt. Oh, yes. I'll, I'll, I'll try. What? She wants you to call her Eleanor? Oh, shh. Who's she talking to? The First Lady. Mrs. Roosevelt. Yes, shh. Right, and the next is we'll be walking on the moon. Shh, shh. Oh, all right, all right. No, it turns out it was true. She was actually talking to Eleanor Roosevelt, the Eleanor Roosevelt, a woman with many causes. And all of a sudden, we were a cause. It's not just the nephew of mine, but hundreds of children. Yes, yes, I'm familiar with the Wagner Bill. 
a bill in Congress asking for U.S. acceptance of 20,000 refugee children outside the quotas. Yes, yes, we read, we clip. And all of a sudden, we had the ear of someone who was supposed to listen, who really wanted to listen. I am afraid you do not understand the severity of my situation. Rose, remember you're speaking to Mrs. Roosevelt. I'm sorry, Mrs. Roosevelt. I, I know you understand, but it is not as if you would be taking in orphans. They all have homes, and we have made arrangements for funding. Yes, but if they are not allowed to enter this country, they will be stuck in Europe. Yes, he is Jewish. Yes, Mrs. Roosevelt, I know things take time, but... There was a long silence. And then, like a fine-tuned machine, the work began. My grandmother sorted through records, found addresses, as Mrs. Fleischman fed answers to almost a year's worth of work to Mrs. Roosevelt. Yes, yes, ten months ago. No, no, but the quota of permanent immigrants from Germany has not been filled for this year, and yet we are still waiting for the visa. But it is only 27,000 to begin with. Yes, yes, Southampton Lines. Give me that. Yes, on uh, Mr. Grady, New York City. Yes, funds are available. Mrs. Roosevelt, they just need permission to get on the boat. Yes, I understand. Mrs. Roosevelt, thank you. So? So? So, she will take it to the president. No, not just an O. I got someone to listen to me. Someone who can change things. No, you. You got someone to listen. And I'm so... To us, Mrs. Roosevelt was a woman of her word. She did talk to the president and to the American embassy and to Southampton Lines, specifically to a Mr. Grady, who was more than happy to help his country, especially since business had been down over the last year or so. And what had taken Mrs. Fleischman and my grandmother and me almost a year to begin, Mrs. Roosevelt finished in less than a month. How long do I have to knead this dough for? Egg. So what I really want to know is how come it took you so long? Mrs. Roosevelt knew just who to call. She's married to the president. So? So? They go to a lot of parties, know a lot of people. You think she talked to people about helping Mrs. Fleischman at a party? Maybe. Maybe not. How do you think she knew who to call? She knows a lot. Oh, good God, child. Can't you be satisfied that Mrs. Roosevelt is helping? A real spy is never truly satisfied. Perhaps if I ordered a trench coat from the mail order catalog, it might be easier for me to figure things out. I mean, Mrs. Roosevelt can't know everyone and everything in this country. Well, nobody can know everything. Well, I know a 14-year-old Irish girl who thinks she can. Nana, 
there are a lot of people who are specialists who work for the president. That's it. And there might be one man who specializes in knowing who to call in case the president needs to talk to a specialist. Perhaps. So that's who she called, the man who knows who to call. I'm sure there was more to it than that. Yeah, maybe. You know we're out of raisins. You know we're not making cinnamon rolls. Oh. Well, do you think Mrs. Roosevelt will be at the boat? Oh, that would be nice. <laughs> but we're not going to get our hopes up. She's a busy lady. Well, Mrs. Fleischman thinks she'll be there because of politics. Politics? Well, Mrs. Fleischman said you should vote for people who care about you. If Mrs. Roosevelt was at the boat, it would show us she cared. And what does Mrs. Fleischman think about the president? She wishes he cared more. Yeah, that's putting it mildly. Well, that's how she tells me things. Not the way she tells you. What are we going to do for fun after we pick up Abe? You know, in New York. We? You, me, and Mrs. Fleischman. Oh, you, young lady, will be in school. How come I can't go? I helped. And we are very grateful. But you're not going to take time off from school just to go running off to New York City. But you're taking time off work. Well, we are adults. I'm old enough. Who can afford to pay extra help for a few days? Then if I could come up with the money. Peggy Jean O'Reilly, don't even think about paying someone to go to school for you. I still don't understand why I can't go. Because New York City is... <laughs> I will have enough to look after with Abraham and Rose. It is too much for me to think about having to take care of a third person. But I want to go. Please. No. And stop pouting. You look like you've lost your best friend. Maybe I have. Oh, for heaven's sakes, child. Wasn't that your plan all along, that we become friends? That was before I knew anyone was going to New York City. Nearly three months would go by as the final preparations were being made. In July, Senator Wagner withdrew his bill. There would be no extra 20,000 children. The American Legion didn't like the bill. It would be a mistake saying that it was traditional American policy that home life should be preserved and that breaking up families would be done by the proposed legislation. I guess they figured it was better for a family to stay together in a concentration camp than to send its children to freedom in the United States. But thanks to Mrs. Roosevelt, there would be one boy. You are early. You packed? Yes, I, I, I should pack something to eat for the train ride back. Oh, I did. <laughs> a potato salad, kippers, and a tin fruit. I shall throw in real food. I, that will be fine, thank you. I have never been to... Me neither. You look ner nervous. Me? No. Now you, you look a little nervous. Do I? A little. You look a little nervous, too. <laughs> it's just that you and I have never traveled together. We have practically lived together for the last six months. It would be like that, only on wheels. 
I just hope I have everything. You got the jacket? Packed. But I will check again. If it's packed, it's packed. I hope it fits. It will fit. Boys grow a lot. He's at that age. Who knows when that picture was taken? It will be fine. What if he looks like his father, tall and thin? It will be fine. The shoulders. That is how you tell a poorly made jacket. What if his shoulders are too big? It will be... I just hope I packed everything. It is only overnight. If we need something, we shall buy it. There are prices in New York City. We will treat ourselves. What do you want to do first? In the city? I will hug him and hold him. And after all that? We will find a good deli. He's been in that country for over a year. He's probably thin as a rail or worse than all that starch. We only need a street map. I won't let you get lost. You have never been to New York City. We'll get a street map. I just hope everything is packed. And I hope we arrive a bit early so we can find a good Irish pub and you can have a few pints before you go pick up this young man. Otherwise, he may take one look at this nervous hen of an aunt he has and get right back on the boat. (laughs) Me? I'm not the one who packed her pantry in case we get stuck somewhere in the middle of nowhere. And when we do, a lot of good that map of yours will do. I've had your kippers. I'm better off with the map. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. Be that way. If you can gavelt a fish. Yes. Yes, I can. Low for salmons. Are you coming? Yes. Oh, it's a picture. really prefer a map over my kippers? Only in the middle of nowhere. Aren't you a, a little scared? A little nervous, yes. Scared? A little. For you. I'm scared that he won't be what you want. What you expect. I don't know what that is. A living part of your sister. He is that. But if he is not how you remember her? He will be. Eyes away. I will love him as she would have wanted me to. But if we don't go, we will spend the day at the train station. With your kippers! Ha! God forbid! Perhaps it is just late. Check the time again. I have read that cable a million times. Uh, but perhaps it... it is just late. If trains can be late, imagine a boat. September 3rd, 1939. My dearest Aunt Rose, uh, Mrs. Dearden, our maid, helped me write this letter in English. We have been trying to contact you again by wire or long-distance telephone for two days. It's getting late, Rose, and there's nobody here. We will wait. Perhaps it landed on another dock. It is supposed to be here. All lines are tied up since England declared war on Germany Friday. I'm going. I'm going to find out where the boat is. 
We went and paid for my ticket aboard the Southampton early last week, even though I still had my final visa interview on Friday. Mrs. Dearden said we could all relax once I had the ticket in my hand. Rose, uh, the boat. It arrived. It's over there. We must go. Rose. Where is Abraham? Rose. We went to the interview on Friday. She told me to walk in quickly, stand up tall, and try very hard not to limp because of my broken ankle. When we got there, the officials asked me more questions, and I know I answered them all right because he told me my papers were in order and it looked like I would be getting on that ship tomorrow. I just had to go through a simple physical exam. Come, we must find him, we must go. Rose, listen to me. He never got on that boat. The doctor was an older man and he looked me over and then he asked me to walk across the room. I did the best I could, but I guess it was not good enough. When he came back, he told me and Mrs. Dearden that he could not pass me on the physical exam on the grounds that I was likely to become a public charge. There must be some mistake. Why? Did you ask them why? Some were not let on the boat because they were sick. Others, their papers were not in order or... Or what? What about Abraham? Crippled. The ship's roster shows that his ticket was sold to an Alex Beebe because Abraham's visa was denied. Because he was likely to become a public charge. No, no! I took care of all that! I took care of everything! We will try again. We will talk to Mrs. Rolfersavelt. We will. We'll try again so they can tell us what? We don't care? Nobody cares? Oh, somebody cares. The president doesn't care. The Congress doesn't care. The newspapers, the churches. God doesn't care. God does care. Then where is this God? He's certainly not looking after a little boy. It is just a broken ankle. How can the government be so cruel? I just want my little boy. Rose. He is my sister's son. He is supposed to be with me. He is supposed to grow up here. He is my sister's boy. I want Abraham. I want my little boy. I know. It is a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big mistake. I know. He is supposed to be with me. It's all right. He is supposed to. Oh, we will try again. I am supposed to raise him. We will, we will not give up. Oh, lady, I'm supposed to. Oh, please. Please hold me. Oh, oh, Rose, come here. I was told I can appeal this action and there are other special forms I need to fill out and my ankle will surely get better and I will learn how to walk so that I do not limp. I hope you get this letter before you leave for New York. I am sorry, Aunt Rose. I hug you with all of my heart, Abraham. The world and ocean away they had come so close to touching now seemed even further away than before. What happened across an alley? The gentle grasp of each other's hand had held them together, but the belief and the faith that if you could just hold onto the hand of the world, everything would be all right was gone. 
had slipped quietly from their grasp, from all of our grasps. In a few days, I would be turning 15 and he would be turning 13, celebrating his bar mitzvah in a world very far from here. I was allowed to grow up holding their hands. He was thrown into a world just out of their reach, but never out of their love. He is only one boy. He was only one boy, but he was our boy. <laughs> <laughs>